as an oral health therapist, part of your role is to help your patients make behavior changes. And I talked about that in last week's episode. In this week's episode, we're going to target a specific behavior change that's a really challenging one for your patient, and probably the most challenging one for your patient, to be totally honest. It's tobacco cessation. And as an oral health provider, it is really important for us to tackle that really tough challenge in a way that shows support, empathy, and really robust discussion with our patients for them to understand really how much we care about them and how much it impacts their health. We know that tobacco is a real strong indicator of chronic illnesses and periodontal disease. Our patients have a higher risk of oral cancer and periodontal infection if they are smokers. And we also know that it can be masked, right, because of what the tissue does from our smoking population. So in this episode, we're just going to have a conversation about ways that we can approach our patients and have those conversations so that they know we care about them and they are receptive to what we have to share with them about going through the process of quitting. Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt, I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! I'm going to be talking about this topic of tobacco cessation with the understanding that you're well understood in the stages of change because the stages of change model is a really great framework to reference when you're talking about the topic of tobacco cessation. And really the best place to start with tobacco cessation for your patients is for you personally to understand your bias, your attitudes, and your judgment related to smoking. And I do think that that is something that you really need to take a close look at because if you don't look at those things, it will impact how you come across to your patient. Now, I've never been a smoker, so I have to look at that personal bias that I have related to my own personal decisions about smoking versus someone who maybe is a dental hygienist who was a smoker who quit or maybe grew up in a smoking environment they're going to have different viewpoints and perspectives when they come into the topic and discussion about tobacco. So it's really important for the first thing for you to do is to really understand what your bias is and what your judgments are related to smoking. And sometimes you're going to have to question that bias to make sure that you are still leading the conversation with your patients from a place of compassion so that you don't let your own judgment become part of the conversation. Now for our tobacco smoking population, I just want you to think about the historical perspective for a moment. Because if you have somebody who's 
over 60 in your chair, they are going to look at smoking a little different than maybe a 25-year-old in your chair. And some of the reason for that is because our society's beliefs, knowledge, understanding, and viewpoints around the topic of smoking has shifted over time. So that's something you just want to keep in mind when you're having these conversations with your patients. One thing that I've noticed, you know, when I was younger, you could smoke in a restaurant, you could smoke on an airplane, right? And none of that exists now. And just that simple restriction being imposed on our smoking population, and most of that came out of advocating for the rights of people that don't smoke to have clean air, right? Um, some of the things that have come about as a result of those restrictions is shame. A lot of the smoking patients have shame attached to the question of, do you smoke? Because our society has created boundaries around where and when they can smoke, they're kind of clumped into a specific area every time they do smoke. And so there is a lot of shame related to smoking. And you will see that when you're having those conversations with your patients. So keep in mind um, those societal norms that have just been developed over time when you're having those sensitive conversations with your patients always coming from a place of care and compassion, knowing that society judges them and there are rules for them. And so these patients who are smoking patients are addicted to nicotine and some of them want to quit and some of them don't. So it's important for you to have those conversations, to ask the questions, to find out where they are in their journey and their relationship with their smoking habit so that you can lead the conversation in a way to open up the door to the possibility of quitting. And that may take several appointments, several months, several years for patients or may never happen. But your job, your role is to have the conversation, to open the door to allow the patient to be heard judgment-free without any judgment to them on what their response is to you. And that's something that I want you to work on because you have to consider your bias and your judgment as something that might be limiting for you in order to be supportive of your patient's needs. So let's have a little discussion about the patient's perspective and the challenges involved. The use of tobacco should be indicated on that health history. And so that's something that you ask every single time the patient comes in and you discuss it further during your oral cancer screening when you're doing your extra oral, intraoral exam. That part of the conversation seems to be relatively natural feeling to most hygienists. And that really is your role in tobacco cessation and prevention. You may have that conversation with a non-smoker who's a younger person to prevent them from starting smoking. And you may have that conversation with somebody who's a smoker to open the door to more conversation about quitting. It's important to keep in mind that nicotine is 10 times more addictive than heroin or cocaine. And it's about six to eight times more addictive than alcohol. So that is a big hurdle for your patients. 
It's also for you to develop an understanding of your patient's reasons for smoking. Some patients have interesting reasons why they smoke, and it might be connected to their social or environmental considerations. Maybe their friends smoke. Maybe they smoke when they do certain activities or uh, in their working environment. Maybe it's associated with drinking or driving and things like that. Maybe they smoke first thing in the morning when they get up. You want to understand what level of dependency the patients have because it does alter the normal function of the brain. Most patients would say that they feel more alert, more relaxed. It's a good feeling for them. Keep in mind that quitting can often require a complete change in that patient's lifestyle of what they're doing for activities and who they're hanging out with. So that hurdle can be really large. Now, it's really important for you as a clinician to be very strategic in how you intervene. And there are five A's that have been designed to help you through the process of discovering where your patient's at, what their feelings are, what their connections are to smoking, so that you can figure out the best approach to take in order to help them quit. This is our goal, is tobacco cessation. And you're going to feel like you're ineffective most of the time, but every once in a while, you get the opportunity, if you ask, to have a patient open up to you and say, I'm really trying to quit. And that's when the real work comes in. And that's where your role is so vital. All you're doing is having the conversation and supporting the needs of your patient. So if they indicate on their health history that they smoke tobacco, remember, most of these patients feel shame attached to the fact that they smoke in today's society. So if you then have a small conversation about it while you're doing your intra-extraoral exam, I'm doing a head and neck screening, you are at a higher risk because you indicated that you smoke. So I'm just going to take a look around and make sure that everything's within the normal limits. And then your effective intervention includes those five A's, starting with ask. Ask your patient during the assessment. Have a really clear quit message for your patient. And this is something that you can develop with your own personal style after you figure out what your judgment and bias is, and you can correct that by coming up with a clear quit message. There's never an easy time to quit, but the body's response is amazing. And the healing process that happens in such a short amount of time after quitting is remarkable. That's my quit message to patients. I acknowledge that it's very challenging to do it, but I also tell them the benefits of taking on that challenge by letting them know that the body does an amazing job at healing itself. It really, really does. And I will say from my own experience working with patients that that first year is the hardest. They sometimes notice that they cough more the first couple of months. And I let them know that that's normal because your body's trying to clear your lungs out. And some of them, their tissue will become more enlarged and they'll have bleeding of their gum tissue. And that's normal too. These are the conversations we have with our patients. We let them know that the blood supply is coming back into the mouth. Welcome, right? 
So there's lots of different changes that go on. And sometimes patients don't see that that's actually the body trying to heal itself. And these are some of the things in your quit message that will really help your patient along in that process. So assess is the third A. New patients really need to be assessed prior to advising to build rapport. You really need to time your messaging correctly. And there's no magic pill on this and there's no magic advice. I would say that you just want to follow your gut on how the conversation unfolds because you need to build a relationship with this patient and they need to be able to trust you. Assist is the fourth A. There's lots of pharmacotherapy recommendations that you can provide your patient and the use of a quit plan and referrals to provide your patient with support as they leave your office and embark on this journey to becoming tobacco-free. When you assist your patient by providing them with additional resources, there's lots of resources out there online, there's a quit hotline, your patient can access those if they're having a moment of stress and they feel the need to pick up a cigarette. Or maybe they've left your office thinking about what they might want to do in the near future. Maybe they're in the contemplation stage and they're not quite ready for the action stage. And they take you up on some of these assisting discussions that you've had. Maybe they decide to call the quit hotline. Maybe they decide to meet with their doctor or come back to the office to discuss some pharmacotherapies that they could use. All of this starts with planting the seed during your conversations with your patient. The fifth A is arrange. You always want to follow up with your conversations during your recare appointments. And this is so important. Always document where your patient is on that stage of change so that you know where to input more information in your conversation. If they were at the pre-contemplation stage the last time you saw them, Let's try to move them to the contemplation stage in this next appointment. Document the conversation that you had with your patient and document some of the feelings that went back and forth. Maybe even put in quotations something that the patient said that you thought might help in pushing them down the path to health in the future. All of this comes down to relationship building and support building with your patient. Because you know that if they can take that next step, they're one step closer to quitting. And you know that this is life changing. This is so much more than just helping them with their oral health needs. This is saving their life. This is a life change that will really impact the rest of their life and reduce their risk of so many different chronic diseases. You, as a hygienist, have this really unique opportunity to be in their personal space, in their personal environment, and having those really complicated questions and answer sessions that really can elicit change for your patient. And they know that you care about them simply because you did the first day, you asked them. Asking is the key piece. Don't forget to ask if it's okay to have a discussion about their smoking habit. You noticed on their health history that they indicated that they're a smoker. Is it okay if I ask you more about your smoking habit? Things like, how long have you smoked? How much do you smoke? How often do you smoke? 
Do you notice different times of day that you smoke more or triggers? Those asking questions, when the patient allows you to ask, because sometimes the patient will say, they'll shut the conversation down. But the fact that you asked goes a long way. Don't think that just because you asked, the patient shut the conversation down, that you didn't have an impact because they know that you care just because you asked. And they might think about that. And you will be surprised. You may have a patient come to you six months or a year later. And when you ask again, they may have a different response at that point. You just never know where they are on their journey and their readiness to quit. So the best advice I can give you is to always ask if it's okay to talk about their tobacco use. And then based on what they give you for a response, that will lead the conversation. Let the patient lead the conversation so that you know that you are not overemphasizing anything or underemphasizing anything. You're simply showing that you care about them and you're here when they need you just by simply asking the right questions. The moment your patient shows a readiness to quit, you need to be prepared to know exactly what that patient needs to get them to the next step. And that's where all of this comes together in your ability to serve the patient's needs. And it might be that that is the biggest part of your conversation in one specific appointment. You just never know. And that's the beauty of it all. You just never know. We're human beings, and there's a lot of smokers out there who are relapsing smokers. They get to maintenance, and then they relapse. But you're the hygienist that's always going to ask when they come in so they know that they can be vulnerable with you, and they can say, you know what? I did. I started smoking again. And they might even share why they started smoking again and how it's making them feel. A lot of people feel like defeated if they take up smoking again. But we have to recognize the level of addiction that they're trying to deal with and provide that support to start that conversation over and say, it's okay. It's okay. Now you know what you need to do and you're better prepared this time to do it. I'm here to help you when you need it. I hope this conversation helps and provides you with some of those key talking points and considerations that you need to have in order to provide every patient with those tough conversations when it comes to tobacco use. You know, a lot of our social norms have shifted and vaping was really a belief that it's better than smoking. And so now we have this new hurdle that we have to deal with, with our uh, younger people smoking and vaping, and they're not considering it to be the same thing. So if you ask your patient if they smoke, they'll say no even if they're vaping. So we have to have some tough conversations with those patients to really educate them. It's okay to ask. Remember, starting with asking. But then you want to advise them on the fact that vaping actually causes the same chronic illnesses, diseases, and problems, and oral cancer risk as smoking. So it's real. you guys have a tough role a really tough role. What's amazing about your position though is that you have that one-on-one contact with your patient and they have you have their undivided attention to have these conversations in a way that's comfortable for both you and the patient. I'm so glad you're joining me on this journey.
I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.